1: Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O., Joe G., Aaron Hawksford with you on a Wednesday. Lightning bets coming up about 40 minutes from right now. We'll look at the BetQL models for predictions of college football win totals coming up in 20 minutes. Who would we agree with, what we disagree with? That's coming up. But right now, we're going to go out to the Roman guest line. Our guy Ken Barkley from You Better Your Bet joining us to talk some college football. And Ken, we know you've been going through all your, the different conferences and, and kind of laying things out. On your show this week. So we'll get to conferences, but we want to start here. We just had a discussion about to make the college football playoff that market and it's clear three teams are above Alabama Ohio State Georgia all minus money to make the playoff and then everybody else is plus money and there's about 10 or 11 teams between Clemson all the way down to say, you know, NC State at 13 to one they're all bunched up. Uh, Give us a team or two you're looking at there after looking at the whole slate that you think has a chance to be in that college football playoff at the end of the year.
0: I mean, it's a great question because I think every single person you talk to, and I'll fit into that category too, thinks that Alabama and Ohio State are just – they're getting to the end and they're playing each other and the winner's going to win the title. I think it's just – it feels – I say it feels like a foregone conclusion that's dangerous because college football can be really random sometimes, but – um, it feels like a foregone conclusion that that's going to happen. They, to me, they rate as just by a mile the two best teams. But the fun thing about that is I think there's two spots open. Like, I don't think Georgia has to get the third spot by any stretch of the imagination. And we've seen a bunch of random teams uh, make the playoff previously. We had Cincinnati make the playoffs last season. We've seen Washington make it with Chris Peterson. We had Michigan State make it. Um, there's plenty of room for random teams to, uh, to make it. So there, there's a couple based on the price in the market you're talking about that, that stand out a little bit. Um, I still think there's a chance that Texas makes the playoff. Actually, they're kind of an interesting team to me only because of the price. So they're about eight to one to make the playoffs. And if you're betting a team to make the playoffs, you're not really betting the average season, right? You're not, it's not just like, well, I mean, you know, they're reliable and they're going to get you eight or nine wins. Like that's Iowa, right. Or that's, you know, like a, a, a tried and true program like Oklahoma state. Um, Like, they're going to get you, like, that seven or eight wins, basically, but they're almost never going to make the playoff. Texas might win four games this year or five games. They're such a sketchy program that goes under all the time. But their upside is so phenomenal. I I do think they have playoff upside. Quinn Ewers was named the starting quarterback, obviously number one quarterback in his class, five-star recruit. As long as he's the quarterback, how can the ceiling not be really high on the team? So I know their defense isn't great. I know there's all kinds of like rumblings about you know injuries and they've lost a couple guys and that matters, but um, they would just be a team with a big price if everything clicks. Uh, and Oklahoma, maybe a step down this year in the Big 12, I could see them making the playoffs.
2: Happy luck, Miss Ken, uh, all week. This week on uh, You Better You Bet Power Conference Breakdown, every single day. And I noticed that uh, you guys hit on SEC earlier this week. You just. uh, talked about alabama and how they're uh, with ohio state far and away better than the rest well how do we bet the sec what's the best way to attack it win totals conference futures uh what do you like
0: well i think the the fun thing about college football right is it's it's you know in, in most sports the top is the most interesting thing right like the nfl season's about to start Like, who's going to win the Super Bowl? There's so many different teams, superstar quarterbacks. Like, the top is really fun. NBA is the same thing, superstar players. In college football, the top's really boring. (laughs) Like, Alabama's really, really good. Ohio State's really, really good. Like, that's not interesting, necessarily. Um, The middle in college football is always the most interesting thing. Just, like, all of these different teams that are maybe are not separated by very much and who ends up winning 10 games and who ends up winning four games and maybe the differences between them are not very large, right? So in the SEC, like perfect example, right? You know, okay, cool. Alabama's going to win one division. Georgia's going to win the other. But, but then what? Who's the second best team in each conference or in each division? I should say. So uh, a couple bets that stand out for sure uh, in Georgia's division in the East, a lot of people like Kentucky more than they should this year, I think. Uh, they're projected to have an NFL quarterback, which I really disagree with. In Will Levis, uh, you can still find eights on them in the market win total-wise. That's a very high number historically for Kentucky. About the highest win total number they've ever had. Whenever you see something like that, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I like to play back against that. So under on them. And taking their spot then, a team that is rated really low this year, but that I like, is Florida. Um, just because of their upside at quarterback with Anthony Richardson, this is basically the lowest win total in the last 30 years for Florida. They're never seven, ever. And I get it. They're not recruiting quite as well. And it's a new coach. And there's a lot of questions. I always think those are buy situations for teams. So there's kind of an example in the SEC of, okay, the first place team, who cares? But then after that, I feel like you could go in a lot of directions that are really fun.
2: What about the Big Ten, Ken? Um, I saw your tweet also about Nebraska and what are they doing with Scott Frost making his you know players puke and then taking the comments back saying exaggerated. What are you expecting um, from that Cornhuskers team and just any bets you like in the Big Ten?
0: Sure. Um, I think I'm kind of just done with Scott Frost. I think I'm pretty done with him, just to be honest. Like I just I don't I don't I don't want this to just. I'm I'm ready for this to end. I think this experiment did not work. Uh, there's here's a, here's a funny thing about Scott Frost. Uh, he has played. what is this this is going to be year five? I think of him or something like that. In every season where there wasn't COVID, uh, he has not only gone under his win totals in the market. He has gone under by about two and a half to three games in the win total market. So, I mean, every year we're setting pretty, like, high expectations, competitive team, maybe seven, eight wins. And every year it's not that they go under and it's like, man, tough break. Like, well, they go under by 25 games, basically. And they lose a bunch of close games, and people like to point to that and say, well, I mean, hey, they lost six games by one possession last year. Like, that team's going to be a lot better. Except that I believe something like – uh, in his time as head coach at Nebraska, they're like 5-29-1 and 29 in one possession games or something like that. Maybe he just oh, stinks. Wow. Maybe that's, like, actually the answer to the question. So um, <laughs> we're starting to maybe see some 8s appear on them. I think it, it might it might happen. If it does, it would be an immediate underbet on them. And I'll give you a team in the same division that I do actually like. It's mostly based on the schedule. Uh, I like Minnesota a pretty good amount this year, not to make the playoff or anything, but just to win a bunch of games. Uh, they have a ton of toss-up games on their schedule. They don't draw Ohio State or Michigan from the opposite division. So anytime your schedule kind of opens up like that, you have a returning quarterback, you have a good coach who's won a bunch of games already in Fleck. it just kind of sets up pretty well for, you know, maybe like a 9-3, and 10-2 type of year, which would be obviously much over their, their win total of 7.5. And, and they're about plus 650 to win 10 or more games this year in that market. So just kind of like a team to maybe take a flyer on. They don't have to even be that good. To win ten games this year, and and maybe they can beat Nebraska too.
1: Ken, let's talk about the Pac-12. Uh, the hype is going to be on Lincoln Riley and his uh, arrival at USC, and a lot of people like them. and think it could pop right away, uh, adding adding some big time talent in the in the transfer portal as well. But every time we've brought in a guest, I'm curious if you'll be in line with it. Loves Utah, goes back to the continuity there, the coach there, the quarterback there. Give us your thoughts on the Pac-12, and if you had to lean in a direction to win this conference. Would you go with a USC or would you go with a Utah?
0: Well, it's kind of funny, right? We just did the playoff question. That was the first one. And there's sort of two different types of teams, right? There's like the steady teams that are going to win a bunch of games. You don't really want to bet on them to make the playoffs because they don't have a lot of upside. And then there's like kind of the sexy upside team. And maybe they stink, but if everything clicks, they could do really well. That was like the Texas answer earlier. I mean, didn't we just describe Utah and USC basically in that same, like don't they both fit in that exact same bucket, right? Like, if you were to say, I have to bet my life on a team to win nine games this year in the pac 12, I'm, I'm going to pick Utah and not even think twice about it. It'll be, before you even finish the question, I'll say Utah, because I just they're going to be very reliable. They're really well coached. They frequently win a lot of games. This is a pretty talented version of them. But if you're like, give me a team in the pac 12 that'll win 12 games, I, I'm going to pick USC. Because it's just like, what what if this works? What if everything actually makes sense? And I don't like USC a ton this year on average. Like I think their defense probably still stinks. Lincoln Riley defenses don't really play really well anyway. So it just seemed, kind of seems like a bad fit. Here's a bad defense with a coach coming in who typically has bad defenses. They might score a million points, but winning ten or eleven games on average is really tough when you you don't really defend at a high level, and it might take a couple of years for that to take hold. So I, I like Utah, sort of like on average to win the Pac-12 this year because they can do it going ten to eleven and one. Um, but if it's like, you know, hey, who could win the national title from this conference? Uh, well, no one, probably. But, I mean, I would pick USC before Utah just because of the higher ceiling.
2: Ken, we found ourselves talking a lot about the ACC. And it's the main reason is kind of where you started this conversation. You think there's two op- open spots for the playoff. Well, all the all the polls have Clemson number four, it kind of feels like. By default. So I, I'm guessing you think there's an opportunity for uh, Clemson not to be in the mix there. Where are you going? I, I've heard a lot of NC State loves. Some are, are high on pit. What do you like?
0: Ooh, man, it's It's wide open. It's unfortunate, right, because Wake Forest would have been a team we would have talked about, too, in that conversation. But Sam Hartman, we don't really know when he's going to come back. And uh, if he's going to miss games in the early part of the season – that really helps Clemson. Clemson gets them basically first in ACC play. And, you know, as a handicapper, you kind of have to think about this stuff, like where, when is he most likely to play? If it's not early in the season, I mean, Clemson, that's a walkover game for Clemson then at that point. It just, it's unfortunate because I, I was ready to bet under on Clemson this year at 10 and a half. And their schedule has just gotten between Wake and what happened there. Notre Dame's starting to get a ton of injuries. It's just kind of set up for Clemson to to maybe just win a bunch of games. So I think NC State's really interesting. They project the closest to Clemson, uh, in my numbers at least. A lot of people like Pitt, too, obviously, a ton of success last year. Here's my only thing on Pitt. A lot of the success last year was due to the combination of Kenny Pickett and offensive coordinator Mark Whipple, who's no longer there. That tandem, basically like a lot more downfield explosive plays. Pickett was awesome. Pitt's being rated really highly with the idea that, like, well, they'll just continue that. Well, it's Keaton Clovis, and like, the team's really good, so we're just going to rate them really highly now. I kind of disagree with that. Narduzzi's always been a coach. If he gets rated too high, I bet under. If nobody believes in him, I bet over. I always play him back to the middle, and I think this is kind of a year to do that. I know a lot of people are against me on that. I really don't think Pitt is kind of anything special this year.
1: Aaron, I think you're muted.
2: Oh, gosh, it keeps getting... There we me. go, you're back. Are there any other bets in any other conferences that you like? I know you're going to be going over this um, on your show, but any little preview that you could give us?
0: Uh, sure. And first of all, we've all been there with the mute button, with the way we do all of our shows at BetQL. I've, I've been there before. Nick's been there before. Nick <laughs> Nick will frequently not unmute and, and ask a question. And I have to be like, hey, hey man. Hey, hey, man, like you got you to hit that uh, Yeah, I, 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 a couple other things a couple other things that stand out uh how about a heisman bet? that's sounds cool right we haven't talked about that Ooh. yes um, yes I think,
2: please
0: i think that it's a pretty good idea to not bet bryce young or cj Stroud before the season starts the prices are prohibitively low guys don't really win in back to back seasons very frequently alabama could field about seven different heisman candidates too it doesn't have to be bryce young it could be jameer gibbs they're running back from georgia tech it could be will anderson who everybody kind of feels like wants to win to kind of like upset the system basically uh so I would never bet Bryce Young before the season Stroud is definitely the most likely winner but I don't know how you can pay the price when you got to go through you know 13 games dodging injuries dodging a couple bad performances and he's already like plus 150 in the market I look at a teammate of his in Travion Henderson so Ohio State sustained a running back injury um earlier this uh this fall camp to a guy who uh Prior, who was going to play a pretty good amount this year, they were going to kind of rotate three running backs. They only have three scholarship running backs on the roster now, and Henderson's one of them. There's also a lot of rumblings that he had bad conditioning last year. He didn't play his senior year of high school the year before. So there's sort of all kinds of reasons why he could be sitting on, like, a really, really explosive performance for what could be the number one team in the country. So um, his odds are very long right now, considering he plays for Ohio State and that Stroud's his teammate. So he's about thirty to one in the market right now. Quarterbacks almost always win recently, but I do think this is an opportunity for like if there's two elite teams this year, Alabama, Ohio State. Here's a guy who's going to get a ton of production for one of them at a really, really long price.
1: Ken, uh, what's your favorite play for Week Zero or Week One? I mean, there's obviously the better games coming up a week from now, but a play you circled for either this weekend or next weekend?
0: I don't think a lot of people are on this. In fact, I'm pretty sure people are against me. Uh, hard on this one. <laughs> so, but I, I don't like Pitt very much. I think I've been on the record with that, even in this interview. And, uh, and West Virginia's plus seven against them in the backyard brawl. And if you can get the full touchdown, depends on where you go. There are six and a half. There are seven. Kind of all over the place. A reasonably priced seven on them I think is a pretty good idea. West Virginia has JT Daniels, transfer quarterback from you know, USC and then Georgia, obviously. So a little upside there. Not a lot expected of them. And I, I'm pretty down on Pitt. And when Pitt is a big favorite, prior to last year, when Pitt is a big favorite with Narduzzi as the coach, it is always a play against for me, a guy who makes a ton of weird conservative decisions in a lot of situations. I think that could easily be a one-score game.
2: Do you think we're going to get to 14, Nebraska-Northwestern uh, this week?
0: Oh, man, I hope so. If it was ever 14 and a half, <laughs> it's a no-brainer. 14, i probably have yeah. to bet it, too. I just think about everything I said about Nebraska. I mean, here's just, like, we're just – it's just history repeating itself with this coach over and over again – and you're going to get two touchdowns on a neutral field. You know, they played last year in Lincoln, and that number was like Nebraska 11. And, and Northwestern stunk last year, and that was a home game, and it didn't get to 14. Now they're going to play in Ireland, and it's 14. I just, I mean, it just makes no sense. So, yeah, I mean, 14 the Northwestern for sure. It sounds like you're on that too.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah we're- I'm probably on it at 13 and a half right now, but at 14, I'm just, I hope I'm not being too greedy. I'm waiting to see if we get to that 14.
1: You don't have to twist our arm here, uh, Ken, to bet against Scott Frost. We're with you, Ken. We appreciate you hopping on. <laughs> we'll be listening today. You better your bet right here on the BeckQL Network. That was Ken Barkley of the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL for the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com/slash now to get fifteen dollars off your first month. GetRoman.com/slash Are we on or not on the BeckQL model when it comes to college football win projections? That's next on the BeckQL Network.